San José del Cabo, Baja Peninsula, May 20, 1769. Oranges, bananas, pomegranates. How could such sweet fruit go so sour? Steady winds gusting off the Sea of Cortez did a fair job of keeping the flies from hovering over the dwindling piles of rotting food scattered around the huts and makeshift homes near the beach. But the flies had better places to lay their eggs. With every new day came a new crop of corpses. Spanish frigate captain Salvador de Medina had spent nearly seven months escorting twenty-eight men across the Atlantic Ocean and the whole of Mexico to arrive at a former Jesuit sanctuary near the southern tip of the Baja Peninsula. Medina had technically discharged his duty, but his orders included nothing about a deadly epidemic, a brutal and unforgiving fever sweeping through the local population and filling graves by the hour. Medina knew the epidemic posed too great a threat to risk staying. Yet the man at the center of the expedition, the French astronomer Jean-Baptiste Chape d'Autroche, held his ground. Chape, as he was known, had already begun to size up an abandoned corn barn at the former Jesuit mission inland. The barn would make a fine observatory, Chape surmised. As if consumed by a fever of its own peculiar nature, Shop refused to hear anything more about a port eighteen miles to the southwest. Word on the ground may have been that Cabo San Lucas was free of the contagion, but Shop told Medina that he would not risk the expedition's founding purpose simply because of some rumor. The group's late arrival on the white sandy shores of San José del Cabo the night before had left precious little time to spare before the afternoon sky would host a sensational spectacle. The universe... Sharp liked to explain to anyone who would listen, would soon be opening itself up for a rare inspection. Although anyone without a telescope would never notice it, for five and a half hours on June 3, 1769, a little dot would appear to cross the disk of the sun. That little dot was the planet Venus. Its shadow crawled across the sun's face at most only twice per century. Timing the planet's entire transit down to the second, and comparing other observations of the same event from elsewhere on the globe, Shop said, would by year's end enable humankind to discover something that had evaded it since the dawn of time. The exact physical dimensions of the sun and its planets, and the distances that separated them. Venus's transit opened a brief window into the very architecture of God's creation. This, Shop explained, is why no mere disease could be allowed to interrupt his careful observations of the practically theological phenomenon that a fortnight later would be taking place overhead. Having spent his first night ashore sleeping on the beach, Sharp mustered what remained of the able-bodied natives. Two leagues inland stood the mission that would serve as Sharp's observatory. Much work remained to be done and with very little time to spare. The first job entailed hauling Sharp's delicate telescope and other scientific equipment inland. Precision instruments whose every fragile inch had endured muttered curses of Spanish soldiers, porting them nearly halfway across the world from ship to jungle and back to ship again. The observatory's one widely recognizable instrument looked like the guts of a clock quartered and served up like a piece of pie. A kind of maritime priesthood wielded the quadrant with incantations and scriptures that were as mysterious as holy writ to most of the sailors. A ship's navigator typically used this machine and a table of nautical charts to measure the moon and sun and sometimes stars. Through a mathematical ritual that occupied the navigator for hours on end, 
These measurements would then produce a crucial number that everyone at sea could appreciate, longitude. Longitude was the most costly puzzle of its time, and astronomy was poised to solve it. Esteemed astronomers like Shop commanded authority with royal audiences and military commanders. Commanders like Medina. The groans of wretched men and glimpses of the cadavers they became underscored how dire the situation had become. Still, as the morning's sweat turned clammy from cooler breezes that nudged the mule train inland, Medina and Shop remained tense allies, bound by death's encroaching shadow.